This morning, what I want to share with us is very simple. In fact, when I shared with Melindy what I'm sharing here, she was excited. She's like, oh, I can do that for the kids. <laughs> so welcome to Children's Church this morning, friends. <laughs> but sometimes we complicate and complexify things in our walk with the Lord. And I believe he's just calling his church back to simplicity and really getting what we have in him. And the world is doing a great job to tell us differently. And our own thoughts and our own lives and our own realities are. But this morning the word is hopefully going to reposition us. Just like the music has already helped us this morning. So this morning I want to share a message with you about the race that we are in. The fight that we are fighting. The journey that we are on. The season that we are facing. I mean let's be honest. How many of you have said I just wish the season could finish? Just put up your hand. That's great. How many of you have said how long? Put up your hand. That's great. Um, I'm just making sure you guys stay fit in the season. It's one of the ways that they say you get through it. I want to share a video with you. And I want you to look at this video intently. And this time I'm going to do it different than the first service. I'm going to actually ask you the question I want to ask at the end. I want you to look at this video and answer at the end, who is the winner of the race? So I'm going to show you what was considered one of the most historical moments in the Olympic Games um, of late, which was a 100-meter women's final last Saturday. And world uh, Olympic record was broke. There was been standing since 1988. And what's even greater, is you'll see at the little corner there, there was a headwind, very like low headwind. But they consider if there was a tailwind that the running would have even been greater and pushing closer to a world record. So this was one of those races that went down and it's just, it's, it's crazy stuff. So I'm going to show you the race and I want you to think, and look, look closely, who won the race? That's the question. Um, it's quick, it's a minute. So here we go, 100 meter women's final last week at the Olympic Games. That's amazing, right? Who won the race? Say again? Jamaica. Jamaica, who won the race? Did Jamaica win the race? Who won the race? Blondie. The Blondie. Sure, Byron. I don't know what video you were watching. <laughs> the kingdom of Jamaica won the race. And even before the race started, the whole world knew that Jamaica is going to win. The kingdom of God and the children of God wins. That's the finish line. We win. We win. The whole scene is set. Jesus has come into the world. He's walked the road that we are walking now. And he's the coach in the field who has also brought his spirit to live in us. And the father beckoning us saying, my children, you win. In the end, you win. So this morning I want to talk about faith for the finish line. Because somehow it feels so hard to just even have faith for today. Somehow it feels so difficult to have just even faith for the next hour. But in the kingdom of God, everything is positioned for us to know today that in the end we win. And there's a sense in the air, if I may call it that. But even as we're praying and as leaders seeking the Lord, that some of us are about to quit the race. That some of us are about to say, I'm done. Some of us are about to say, you know what, I'm not sure this works, and just go and sit down while the rest of us are running 
1 Corinthians 9, Peter says, no, Paul says, run the race as one knowing that there's only one prize to be won. Run with such effort knowing, but I want to say to us, guys, we win. So we should actually be living like Elaine Thompson. Even before she crosses the line, she's like, I'm winning. And she gets to the other side and she's exuberant with joy because she wins. Guys, here's the good news. We don't have to wait for the sprint to take place. God has showed us that we win in the end. Do we live like that though? Do we live like that? That's the question we have to answer this morning. And if we don't, how? How can we live like those winning at the end? When Jesus died on the cross and he overcame death, just as we sang this morning, and he was resurrected, he's won the battle on our behalf and he's gone to prepare a place for us. And between the resurrection and the return, that's where we are living. The end times is not now. It's been since Jesus left. There's nothing new under the sun. There's no new agenda. The enemy has been trying to take out the people of God since the beginning. Don't know if you've noticed. Go Genesis chapter 2 <laughs> into chapter 3. And then the whole story of the Bible. And somehow we get stuck in this idea like the race is really hard now. But if you were a Christian, just following on from Christ being crucified and part of the first church, if you walk the streets of the city of Jerusalem and a Roman soldier passed you and say, hail Caesar, and you say, hi, boy, I'm saying, hail Jesus, you would be killed on the spot. But somehow the church has got this rhetoric like, now is the hardest ever. And we get stuck and we get stuck in the race and we stop running. In the end, we win. Guys, that's the end. We win. And for some of us, we cross the finish line in this life. The Lord says, hey, it's time for you to come home and you step into the winning. And we're going to see in a moment what that winning looks like. But some of us and maybe this generation will see Jesus returning on the clouds. But however it plays out, we win in the end. The race is set and we are the winners. The kingdom of Christ and the children of Christ are the winners in the end. And by no means are we running a quick hundred meter sprint. For a gold medal, we are running for a crown. It's going to be placed on our heads. That is imperishable, the word says. Do you feel your heart just being lifted a little bit? So the question is, how do we do this? How do we live a life worthy of the fact that we are already on the winning side? Let's open up our Bibles, Second Peter. We're going to be in the first chapter. It'll also be on the screen. And I am reminding myself that I need to sit down because of the camera to record this. So... Don, I'm going to try my best. If the fire of the word is burning too much, I might run around. And you're going to have to do a follow cam this morning. But let's see what the Lord says. Second Peter 1. I'm going to read from verse 3. And before I do, if you go down to verse 13 and 14, Peter writes and he says, Guys, I am about to die. Jesus told me, which we know at the end of the Gospel of John, Jesus told him how he's going to die. But now he says, that time is nearing. And he says, this, I'm writing things that I just want to leave with you before I go. If you just hold on to these things, you'd be pretty okay. So imagine that for a moment. He's writing his potentially last letter to the church that's scattered at this point all across Asia Minor. The church that's persecuted. The church that can't gather on a Sunday and sing lovely songs and do all the things that we so wish to do. And he's writing to them. So let's read what he writes in 2 Peter 1 verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours, and, you are in, and they are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will richly be provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The victory that we saw on the video for Jamaica wasn't just a moment of luck. A quick read through a couple of ideas around athletics and get on a field and run. The victory happened in the constant adding to their skill. And this is what Peter is saying. He says, keep adding to your faith. It's not an exhaustive list. He's not saying this and then when this happens, this. He's just, he's speaking from his heart. Remember to be faithful. Remember to add knowledge. Remember to add self-control. Remember to be virtuous. Remember to love one another. It's his heart just leaping open. Sometimes we read the Bible and we think it's like a list that we've got to check, uh, check but he's just saying, no, add, 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 so that you can stay in this race. I love how he speaks about the world. He says, the world is in a corrupt place. Hello? We think it's now only. No, no, no. It's been since the beginning. Let me just remind us there. <laughs> it says, because of sin. It's just the way it is. It's not going to change anytime soon. And sometimes we see some nations applying some of the principles of, of God in their, their world, but it never really lasts because where men and women who are fallible lead without Jesus Christ as the true king, kingdoms fail. But we are part of a kingdom that wins all the way through into the end. So he says, here's four things that is uniquely positioned, everything for you to know that you can have faith for the finish line. He speaks about divine power. He speaks about great promises. He speaks about divine nature. And he speaks about an eternal kingdom. Whose power are you relying on to get you through the day? Whose power are you relying on to get you through the week? Are you relying on divine power? And if you're not, I have to ask the question, why not? Because clearly it's been given us. He says he has given us all things. But in other words, not holding back anything, giving us all things by his divine power to live a godly life. It's a free gift. Yet some of us have only dared to peek at the card and we haven't unwrapped the fullness of what he has for us. But divine power is our portion. Divine power is the portion that he has for his followers. And I look across the church world and it breaks my heart to see that even in my own life, I battle to live there. But this morning, there's an invitation to really see that divine power is our portion. That there's a God behind our life 
propelling us in this race that we are living. So under whose power are you relying this morning? Are you relying on the power of good decisions and wisdom and family or your own strength to get you out of bed and face the day? Or are you relying on divine power that is freely given you? Maybe you need to stop here for a moment and say, Lord, help me. Because I'm weak. I, I try and do things out of my own power, my peer power. Like, this is me and I've got to get through the day. And we get to the end of the day just tired and we haven't fallen back and said, God, let your power sustain. If you take 10 minutes every morning to fall back and you pray this, even if you pray 10 minutes, God, let your power sustain me. God, let your power sustain me. God, let your power sustain me. Your life is going to look dramatically different. Somehow we don't live here. We are set to win. And the divine power of God propels us in our winning. Secondly, not only that, he says there are great and precious promises. As we run this race, we're on the 20 meter mark and all of a sudden there's a little milestone saying you are the 20 meter mark. And that's the promises of God steering us on in this race. And you know what? All of our races are unique, but God knows that. And in our life, He sets people and He sets His word to lead us through the leading of His Holy Spirit to the promises we need to keep in the race. How many of us are living according to other people's promises and revelation around the Lord? Or are we running the race in such a way that like, God, what promise do you have for me today? God, I need a moment. I need a milestone. I need your word. I need to hear what you think of the circumstances and my life because I want to stick in the race. I want to finish. I have faith for the finish line, not just faith to get out of 2021 and hopefully healthy on the other side. He has given us great and precious promises. I want to stop there and say, read that, guys, for 10 minutes and go live it. Your life will be radically different. Divine power and great promises is ours. That's our portion. We are set up to win. If we were running the Olympic race last Saturday, <laughs> they would be saying, and the world would be saying even before the race start, yeah, the Enes Dalia guys are going to get across the line and be winning. I'm so unfit at this point of time. I think some of the, the, the more advanced in years will probably run me away. <laughs> Divine power and great promises. But it doesn't end there. That's the way of God, the ever-generous, ever-giving, ever-bestowing upon us God. Doesn't just give us great power or divine power and great promises. He says, you know what, I've given you a complete new nature. A divine nature. The moment you meet Jesus and you die and you, you recognize and reconcile with his death through baptism and you come out to the other side, you are a new creation. But so many times we live like the old creation. We live like the days of old, disbelieving, unbelieving, complaining, struggling, sinning. He says, you know what? If divine power and great promises are yours, it leads you to live in divine nature. Who of you gets up in the morning and says, God, I have a divine nature. My nature is new. 
My nature is in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus in me. My nature is that the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead resides in me. My nature is that I don't have to choose sin, but I can turn my back and look the other way. My nature is that I don't have to get angry and shout. I can step back and take a deep breath and say, Jesus, help me. My nature is that if I feel fearful today, even if I'm fearful of death, that I can settle in the nature knowing that because of my new nature, even if death comes knocking at my door, I'm stepping into what Jesus has for me, which is an eternal kingdom, and I'm going to get a crown on my head. That's the nature that he's given us. Do you have a little bit more faith for the finish line? Not just faith for today. I hope so. This is what the Word of God does. The Word says faith comes by. And hearing. And are you hearing the Word of God? Are you hearing it on Tuesday when you open up News 24? Is that a oh my or an amen? Probably a oh my. And I say that because I know. It's my story. But the Lord has challenged my heart this week. How am I living? Are you hearing the word of God when you open up the bank balance? Are you hearing the word of God when you know of someone that has fallen ill? You see, the non-divine nature wants to listen to everything else. Those of the divine nature say, Lord, divine power, great promises, divine nature, help me live right today. Guys, honestly, I don't know, whatever seasons are still to come, I've stopped asking the question of how long. Even if I know the answer, what would it change? Would it change the way I live today if I knew how long? It probably won't. What will change the way I live today is understanding that there's power, promises, and a new nature to live in. That's maybe what God's waiting for, <laughs> for the people of God to actually live like this. And Peter is writing, saying, guys, I'm about to go to death. But come on, know that you have been given this. The whole environment is set for you to win. And then he says, at the end, the finish line, not only for the race, not only the divine power now and the promises along the way and the new nature that you run in, the finish line is coming your way. As you run through this life, the finish line is coming closer and that finish line is stepping into an eternal kingdom where a crown is going to be placed upon your head and you will forever be set free from all pain, from all tears, from all struggling, from all strife, from all difficulty. That is where we're heading. So can we be like Elaine Thompson who starts running, pointing even before she crosses the finish line with excitement and conviction that she's victorious? Can we live like that? I believe we can. I believe that's the desire of the Father for us in this season. The question we have to ask this morning, are we stalling, surrendering, or supplementing our faith? Have you stopped building your faith? Have you stopped adding, supplementing? You see, we're hearing a message from a man who once did. There was a moment where Peter denied Christ. Not just once, twice, three times. When he was faced with the pressures of the world, and one of those pressures was as small as a little girl, saying, hey, wait a minute, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? Just think about it, like as if that little girl could do something. When he was faced with the pressure of the world, he buckled. He tripped. 
And I'm sure when he was writing this, he was probably thinking, guys, don't make the mistake I made. Because it's torturous. It's hard. It's difficult, but thank you, Jesus, for the full story of Peter's life. That there was a moment later when you stepped in and said, don't stall your faith. Don't surrender and give up. Keep adding to your faith, Peter, because I've called you to great things and greater things. I've called you to winning in my kingdom. And Jesus restored him. And maybe that's, that's the message we've got to hear this morning. It's that Jesus once more is leaning into our world and he's cooking us breakfast on the beach like he did Peter because that's just the nature of who he is. He's an always giving, generous God. And he says, I'm reaching out to you today. I'm reaching out to your heart. I'm saying, don't stall, don't surrender, but let's add more faith to the faith that you have. Lord, but it's so little. I don't even feel like I can get through this day. Don't worry, let's add more faith because I've set you on a race where you will win in the end. For this very reason, Peter writes, make every effort to supplement your faith. Only if we have not made every effort. Only then, and it fails, we might have some right, I guess, to complain. But maybe only a handful of people can really say, I've added every possible thing to my faith. If such a man or woman even exists in this world. You see, we all get to a place where we just either surrender or we stall. And Peter is saying, no, and I'm saying every nation sounds a west. Let's not surrender. Let's not stall. Let's keep supplementing our faith. I don't know when and how we're going to meet in the future, but I'm going to keep supplementing my faith that God has called this house to greater things more than just gathering. He's called us to the nations. He's called us to see the lost in this city saved. He's called us to see broken marriages restored. He's called us to see parents reconciled to their kids. He's called us to so many things. Let us not just settle for, oh, I hope you can have church soon. Guys, we are in the race to win. And maybe, maybe every single stride of our 100 meter sprint is deeply painful. Maybe for some of you, you're like, Lord, I can't even see putting my one foot in front of the next. But again, we have Jesus. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the place that we should have been hanging on that cross for the joy set before him. So church, for the joy set before us, our finish line of walking into an eternal kingdom, can we just carry on? Can we keep walking? Can we go through the valley of Barca, the valley of tears, however long it might be, because we are heading to Zion, our future Zion, the new creation, the new earth, and the new heaven. And when he comes, everything will be right. And can we not do it alone? Can we do it together? Can we be there for one another? Can we cheer one another on? That's the beauty of the video I just showed you, three Jamaicans running across that line together, one, two, three. That's the story of the sons and daughters of the Most High. We're going to run over that line together. And the kingdom of God is the winning kingdom and the only winning kingdom. I want to play you a song that has recently been released. It's been ministering to my heart. It speaks about this. And I want you to reflect on this song and 
at the end of the song, we're going to take a moment to pray together. But just be inspired by the, the beauty of the message of this, this song. How I long to breathe the air of heaven Where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets To look upon the one who bled to save me And walk with him for all eternity There will be a day when all will bow before Him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with He who died and rose again. Holy, holy is the Lord. Every prayer we prayed in desperation The songs of faith we sang through doubt and fear In the end we'll see that it was worth it When He returns to wipe away our tears
Faith for the finish line. I was so inspired this morning by just speaking to some of you and people in the first service to hear of men, multiple men who's lost businesses, but they've started new ones because they kept their mind on the finish line. This week, speaking to someone who's lost relationship with a son and lately had the opportunity to be with that son, but kept his mind on the finish line. Spoken in the first service to people, I know there's people in this room who's said goodbye to kids who moved across to other nations, but they're still running because they keep their eyes on the finish line. What's holding you back this morning? What's making you stall? What's making you give up? Lift your head. Keep your eye on the finish line. Because victory is up ahead. And somehow, for some of us, we find some victories along the way. But those victories are small in comparison to the ocean of eternity that we are going to enter when the finish line comes our way. Jesus, I pray for your people this morning. Christ, I pray that you would give them faith. That you would give them faith this morning. Faith to keep on going on, Father. To keep walking, to keep trusting, to keep running. Lord, let us be like that athlete who Paul describes in 1 Corinthians. Who runs the race as if there could only be one winner. But we know in your kingdom, Father, those who are your children, we all win. Lord, I pray that you would help us take our eyes off anything that might stall or lead us to surrender or give up our faith. Lord, whatever scenarios there might be today, Father, speak to the people's hearts. and Let them put their hearts in movement again to keep running. Because in the end, Lord, even if the worst happens to us in this life, we still win in the end. We still win in the end. So death, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? Fear, why even are we afraid when we know that in Christ Jesus, eternity awaits? Lord, let us be a people who run in such a way that we cheer one another on, that we run together and let us run in such a way that we bring anyone along, Father, who needs to know that in Christ Jesus, there's a glorious finish line waiting in the future. So let our faith rise today, Lord, not just faith for today, not just faith for the month, not just faith for the year, but faith for the finish line. We want to be people, Lord, who live with faith for the finish line. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 Awesome.